WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. The Palisades Economic Recovery Team has released a report on the effects of the Palisades plant closure. Speaking today, Carmen Wells Quigg with the University of Michigan Economic Growth Institute said the report finds Palisades contributed about 40% of the total property tax values in Van Buren County in 2017 and 2018. With that going down in 2022, the county, Covert Public Schools, and the Van Buren County Intermediate School District are all affected. The advance notice of the closure really let the local community and the local government plan and adapt as best as possible to the loss that they were seeing. That doesn't mean that that's the compensation for this. This is just facing what actually is happening. Wells Quigg said the effects on the workforce go beyond just the Palisades employees themselves and contractors brought in for refueling outages. She said retail, shops, and restaurants have seen a drop. We know that some of these businesses will be supported by the tourism industry, but that's not a constant inflow of spending or people on a regular basis. That's very seasonal, as we all know. She said those businesses should get help diversifying to attract new customers. The report suggests the county make itself more attractive to both businesses and employees to compensate for the loss of Palisades. One specific suggestion is to improve broadband availability. With the report now done, the next phase will be to use its findings to develop mitigation strategies. That work will begin soon. We'll have a link to the report at our website. An effort is now underway to create a parcel-by-parcel map of broadband availability in Cass County. Sarah Snow, Inc. with Market Van Buren tells us the agency teamed up with Cass County to secure a $100,000 grant from the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development to develop the map. She says there hasn't been a complete study of broadband availability in the county. Currently, the maps that are available showing broadband availability in Cass County are highly unreliable. There are some maps available from the state, but most important, there are maps available from the FCC. Although they've improved over time, are still notoriously inaccurate. Market Van Buren obtained the grant for the county, which has now hired DCS Technologies to go all over Cass County studying each property. That's the same company that worked with Berrien County and Van Buren County for the same purpose. Once this map is completed, the three-county planning region, which is Berrien, Cass, and Van Buren counties, will actually have a cohesive map. We believe this is probably the first regional map like this in the state of Michigan. Snowing says having accurate broadband maps will position Cass County to apply for grants to further roll out access, much as Berrien County has done. In fact, now that all three counties in the region will have those precise maps, regional grants could be sought. Snowing says the mapping started this week. In November, a report with the results will be presented to the Cass County Board of Commissioners. Barry and Risa is making a new effort to reach out to the community so everyone knows about the services it provides. Superintendent Eric Hopstock tells us they've launched a new, more user-friendly website, and they've unveiled a new logo. It features a pinwheel to symbolize the three pillars of the RESA mission. Optimize, collaborate, transform. Transform is really what that pinwheel starts with. It, it's clean, it's fresh, so we are changing signage. If you see a RESA van, you'll notice, hey, that logo looks different now. Hopstock says RESA is also launching a new radio show set to air here on WSJM each Thursday at 7 a.m., It'll feature himself and WSJM's Johnny Reinhardt talking about everything Risa does. It will go over all kinds of things. It will be a diverse, I think the very first session is just, what is a Risa anyway? So you'll learn more, but then it just goes on and we'll have various topics every week throughout the upcoming year. Hopstock says the radio show will spread that message each Thursday starting next week and continuing through the end of the year. 
Hopstack says you'll start to notice the new logo appearing on Reese's signs and other materials soon. The new Haynes Family Wildflower Trail at the St. Joseph Lincoln Senior Center will be celebrated with a ribbon cutting next week. Senator Director Cindy McLaughlin tells us the new trail is one-third of a mile, built thanks to a donation from Jerry Haynes. It features a wood chip walking service and a whole lot of wildflowers. Work started about a year ago. We had Rabbers Property Management come in and cut the trail for us. We had a lot of area tree companies dump wood chips, so all of that has been donations. And then we had a small group of a lot of hardworking volunteers that went out there and cleared the paths, cut back tree branches, and then have been tending to the wildflowers and cutting back brush and whatnot throughout the whole process. McLaughlin says this new trail comes in addition to the Priscilla Upton Burns Walking Trail and Gardens, which opened in 2019. The center purchased about seven acres of property from the Berrien County Drain Commission for the new trail. The ribbon cutting to be held with the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber will be on September 8th. That's next Friday at 10 a.m. With disappointing sales in July, the Michigan Retailers Association is hoping for a bump this month with back-to-school sales. That's something that should amount to about $41 billion nationwide, says the association's Andrea Bightley. With schools all over the state already back in person, um, we know that those important purchases of pencils and pens and calculators and laptops um, have been being made over the last month, and we're hopeful that those numbers are positive. Bightley says people are spending about $25 more per student this year at $900 per K-12 through students. They're also spending about $1,300 for college students. And South Haven Area Emergency Services will hold a pancake breakfast on Sunday at its station at 90 Blue Star Highway. The event will raise money to repair the Firefighter Memorial in downtown South Haven and help to pay for the purchase of instructional videos for ALS airway procedures. The memorial was placed at the city's downtown entrance in 2000 and stands 8 feet tall. The breakfast will cost $10 for adults, $5 for kids between 4 and 14, and will be free for anyone 3 and younger. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dowajak, where furniture shopping is fun. A federal judge in Washington has set the date for Donald Trump's January 6th case in Washington, D.C., ABC's Stephen Portnoy reports from the federal courthouse there. Trump's lead defense lawyer forcefully argued that he needed more time to review more than 12 million pages of prosecution documents in order to prepare for trial. John Laurel made a point of noting he was just hired a month and a half ago. But Judge Tanya Chutkin wasn't persuaded by that, saying Trump himself has known about the special counsel's investigation for nearly a year. Loro says he'll file motions to dismiss the charges, motions that Trump's actions are covered by executive immunity, and even a motion that Trump has been subject to selective prosecution in retaliation for what he said about Hunter Biden, the president's son. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News at U.S. District Court in Washington. Florida residents are evacuating from homes in low-lying areas along the Gulf Coast as forecasters predict the tropical storm Idalia will hit the state as a major hurricane by Wednesday. Adalia would be the first storm to hit Florida this hurricane season and a big blow to the state, which is still recovering from the devastation of Hurricane Ian almost a year ago. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared a state of emergency in 46 counties, and the state has mobilized 1,100 National Guard members. Today, Adalia was seen thrashing Cuba with heavy rains, especially the westernmost part of the island, which was also seriously affected by Ian. Meanwhile, Governor DeSantis is leaving the campaign trail and returning to his state as the storm approaches. 
ABC's Jay O'Brien has more. A spokesperson for DeSantis's presidential campaign posted over the weekend that in order to prepare for the coming storm, the Florida governor would be staying in Tallahassee Monday and not attending a campaign event in South Carolina. The First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis, will attend in her husband's place, the campaign said. It comes after DeSantis attended a vigil Sunday, a block from the site of the Dollar General shooting in Jacksonville, where he was booed by some attendees. DeSantis has denounced the shooting as totally unacceptable. Jay O'Brien, ABC News. Americans asked to describe the Democrat in the White House and the Republican most likely to face him in next year's election say that President Joe Biden is old and confused, and they say former President Donald Trump is corrupt and dishonest. Unflattering portraits of both Trump and Biden emerged clearly in an Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research poll, which asked an open-ended question about what comes to mind when people think of them. For Biden, the largest share of U.S. adults mentioned his age of 80. Trump has been indicted in four cases and elicits words like crooked and liar. It's the first day of school for many kids in the Washington, D.C. area, and President Biden and the First Lady marked the day with a visit to a local school. ABC's Karen Travers has more. President Biden and the First Lady visited Elliott Hine Middle School in northeast Washington, D.C. to meet with seventh graders on their first day back in the classroom. The Bidens shook hands and talked to school employees and students in the cafeteria before making their way into the classroom. There, a young girl asked the president if she could be president, and he told her, of course you can. The First Lady, a community college professor, says she's been busy putting together her own lesson plans. I'm excited, and you know what you probably don't know about teachers? is that no matter how long you've been teaching, the night before you can barely sleep because you're so excited. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Russian authorities have announced an endeavor to boost production of movies glorifying Moscow's actions in Ukraine this year. One feature film along those lines, called The Witness, hit theaters on August 17th, and at least two more are in the works. But it's a big question whether such films will actually attract viewers. Similar movies in the past have been a box office disaster in Russia. Plus, sociologists say the public interest in following the war has waned, and people these days mainly strive to escape from the gloom and doom of the news from Ukraine. Lawsuits are piling up against Hawaiian Electric over the deadly Lahaina wildfire that killed at least 115 people. Now the finger-pointing has started. ABC's Alex Stone has more. A lot of it is coming down to a legal fight. Hawaiian Electric is now even being sued by the county of Maui for allegedly starting the wildfire. Hawaiian Electric is acknowledging today it did have power lines go down that day, but it's blaming Maui County's firefighters, saying the fire was 100% contained and that firefighters left it only to have a fire break out hours later, which was the one that ran through Lahaina, killing so many. It's not known if that was a flare-up of the earlier fire or something else. Maui County is blaming Hawaiian Electric. Hawaiian Electric is blaming Maui County firefighters. Alex Stone, EBC News. Pope Francis has blasted the backwardness of some conservatives in the U.S. Catholic Church. He says they have replaced faith with ideology and that a correct understanding of Catholic doctrine allows for change over time. Francis made the comments in a private meeting with Portuguese Jesuits during a visit to Lisbon on August 5th. The Jesuit Journal published a transcript of the encounter today. During the meeting, a Portuguese Jesuit told Francis he had suffered during a recent sabbatical year in the U.S. because he came across many Catholics who criticized Francis. The Pope acknowledged his point, saying there was a, quote, very strong organized reactionary attitude in the U.S. church. And there's a little bit of a dispute over which film topped the box office this weekend. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. What is this? 
It's a contest. And a close contest between Sony's Gran Turismo and Warner Brothers' Barbie. Sony says Gran Turismo took in 17.4 million bucks over the weekend in North America, Barbie earning 15.1 million. Seems like a clear win for the racing film, right? Not so fast. It appears Sony is folding into the weekend total previews of Gran Turismo going back two weeks, which amounts to an extra 3.9 million bucks. Take that away, and it's a clear win for Barbie. It's common for studios to include some preview numbers in their weekend totals, but the numbers are usually from the same week, not two weekends prior. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood.